Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. Um, so our key verse that we've been going through with this series is uh, found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. I'm going to ask for you guys, if you would, please stand to your feet as we read in honor of God's reading of God's word. Um, the very simple passage you may, you've heard many times, you'll hear it lots of times during the Christmas season. It says, look, everybody say, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him what? Emmanuel, which means... God is with us. Father, help your word to speak life to us today. I pray that, God, uh, you would give us clarity in our thoughts, our hearts would be open to receive, and that, God, your word would penetrate deep, and that we would be challenged, but most importantly, changed by your presence being here. Be with us, we pray in your name. And everybody said, Amen. you may be seated. So, he will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, it's interesting that, that in Matthew we read these words, but yet throughout time, God has been with humanity. From the very beginning of time, from the very onset of time, God was always and has always and will always be with his creation. Uh, last week we learned there are different seasons of our lives. There are different highs and lows. One moment you're up, the next moment you're down. Uh, just when you think life is good and life is easy and life is on cruise control, something cuts in and, and breaks down and you all of a sudden you find your cruise control is off to the side of the road and your car is in a ditch somewhere. Uh, it's just the journey of life. Different seasons we're always going through in life. And last week I talked with you about, if you didn't, if you weren't here, please go online and listen to it. We experience God's presence as we go through a valley. And I said this word, and I want to repeat it to you. We enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we get to know God intimately in the valley. I'm going to say that again. That was our key thought last week. We enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we get to know God going through the valley. And so true in all of our lives that when we go through a valley, we cling to the one who's going to bring us through every step of the way. Today I want to talk with you about how do we have and how do we experience God's presence in the wilderness. Different metaphor, different location. We had the valley last week. Today is the wilderness. Now, some may say, well, isn't a valley a wilderness? And I'm going to say a valley is uh, a valley would be determined as a, a brief dip in your journey, a brief downtime, a brief time where you kind of get your breath taken away, but you catch it back and you move back on and you get back on the journey and you, you head back up the mountain. The wilderness, though, is an elongated season of your life. The wilderness is a desolate place, a desperate place, 
a lonely place. The wilderness could represent different people here today of different walks of life. For example, some of you may be going through a time with your job, and it's just a very rough job. It's a tough season of the job and what you're doing, and, and, and maybe it's a boss that's really having problems or fellow employees, co-workers or whatever. And it's just you've been journeying on this journey. It's not been just months or weeks. It's been years. This has just been ongoing wrestling on the journey of life. Others of you here today... Family history, something from your family past has cut you deep and you've carried a burden, you've carried a, a, a pain and a wound for many, many years. And, and it's not something that just you discovered and it's there and now you're over it. It's something that continually you struggle with and continually you wrestle against. And it's a wound that reminds itself over and over again. Some of you, it's a marriage Marriage for years have been struggling and communication has broke down. You don't know where each other starts and ends and you're trying to figure things out and navigate it. It's just a very tough journey. Still others today, it's a sickness that you face, a terminal sickness or a sickness that's just aggravating. It's a constant reminder of your weakness in your body and you're constantly reminded of that sickness time and time again. Kids. Kids are... Way far away from God and it's, it's wrecking your, you're on a wilderness because you're crying out for your kids. Some of you today, you feel alone, broken, empty, lost, desolate, and desperate. The wilderness represents a season of our life that's not brief, but elongated and, and it seems like it'll never end and we cry out, God, when will this end? Some of you today, you need to hear this word. God is with you. On the journey in the wilderness. In fact, the wilderness times often follow a mountaintop experience. Jesus saw this in his life. Jesus was obeying God and walking with God. And he goes down to the Jordan River and, he, and there is John the Baptist. And he walks down the, in the water and, and John baptizes Jesus. And he comes up and the dove thing happens. And God says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. You talk about a mountaintop. He's on a mountaintop. Jesus was on, on a mountaintop at that time. And then it says in the next couple of verses, it says, and then Jesus went off into the wilderness for 40 days and for 40 nights. To be tempted by Satan, to be tempted in the desert. Forty days and forty nights, he walked immediately from the mountaintop to the wilderness. Because many of you here today, your life was going great. Everything was falling in place. Then all of a sudden, you find yourself at a desolate wasteland. Everything that you thought was so perfect has been destroyed. Maybe it's a financial wilderness. You thought you had your money under control. You thought everything was in place and, 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 and going in the right direction. And then all of a sudden, bam, a car breaks down. Or the toilet breaks and overflows. The roof caves in. Life was good, but man, I got hit out of nowhere. Maybe you went and told somebody how you felt and they didn't quite respond to you the way you thought they should. You feel alone. You feel sad and desperate. I want to give a key thought for you today. I had our key thought last week was, again, enjoy, we enjoy God on the mountaintop. We get to know God intimately in the valley. Today's key thought, write this down in your notes. If you're taking notes, write this down. It says your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. 
Your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. And I want to illustrate this through, um, through a prophet that we see this play out in his life. Uh, if you would have your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to look at Elijah. Elijah was a great man of God. And in this particular passage, what he's doing, he's actually on the mountaintop. He's on Mount Carmel. He's on the heights of the heavens, actually on a mountain. And God is going to start taking Elijah and Elijah is going to begin to go and make decisions about going on a journey in a wilderness that honestly, I want to say maybe God never intended for Elijah to go on. But Elijah nonetheless went on the journey. And even though Elijah found himself in the middle of a wilderness, he was never alone. Now, who who is this Elijah? Elijah was a prophet and he was a a prophet that spoke very boldly in the presence of his enemies. He had bravery like you would never know. He spoke on behalf of God. Elijah had some enemies. One enemy of which was King Ahab. King Ahab did not like Elijah because uh, Elijah came to King Ahab and, and prophesied over him and predicted that he said some things in his life to get straight. And until he did, God was going to have a drought over the land. So King Ahab didn't like Elijah. In fact, King Ahab had set out troops to find Elijah and take his life. But in this particular part of the story, we're introduced to another character. The next character that comes in is King Ahab's wife, known as Jezebel. Now, you all heard of Jezebel, I'm sure. My mama said I knew a lot of Jezebels growing up. My mama said she looks nothing like a plain old Jezebel. And I said, oh, that's what she looks like. And then she would say, she looks like a Jezebel. I said, well, her too? Wow. You know, Jezebel, is, it, she was an evil woman that had evil intentions for the people and the man of God, Elijah. And so in this particular story, for three years, God has protected Elijah. There's not been any harm come to him. But the king has been looking for him, trying to kill him. But all of a sudden, in this story... Now, Jezebel, his wife, is fed up. She's like, all right, king, listen up. You can't get the job done. I'm going to take over. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to find this prophet, and we're going to take him out. And what's interesting is, here's Elijah, not afraid of King Ahab, but the minute Jezebel gets on board, he is scared for his life. Ooh, baby. I know it. I know it. When mama gets upset, get out of the way, baby. Dad, he, he might be upset. We're a little scared of him, but we're scared of mama. My mom would be on the stage and she'd be singing. And I'd be on the front row, you know, being an angel. Not doing anything wrong. Innocent. My mom would be on the stage and I'd hear her go. <clears throat> that was, look up here right now. Straighten up whatever you're doing. And I would look up and she'd be, oh, it's down here. No one out there knew what was going on. I knew. And if she did that more than once, mama, mama was going to sick daddy on me. Famous words in my mama's home. Just wait till your dad gets home. Right? So here's here's Jezebel. And here's what it says. Let's read it. First Kings chapter 19, verse three. It says this. It says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. (laughs) 
this man runners because Jezebel's after him. He says, when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left the servant there. It goes on to say, it says, while he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to the broom tree, sat down under it and prayed. What? What did he pray? That he would die. I mean, this is a guy in fear for his life. That that journey that he's talking about, you know how far he went? He went a hundred miles to get away from Jezebel. So here he is. He's scared for his life. He wants to die. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Just take my life. Man, how many times? I mean, here's a brave man. Here's a man that fought valiantly in battles. Here's a man who spoke God's word bravely before hundreds and thousands of men and never backed down. This one person was making him run in fear for his life to the point he was ready to die. I'm done. There's some of you here today, you've been running You've been running in the wilderness. You've been running in your desert places. You've been running in your dry places. You're done. You're spent. Enough is enough. I can't take any more. I'm done. If you're raising kids or teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. I'm done. Oh, these kids are going to put me in the crazy house. You talk to the ceiling like you're crazy. Don't make me come up there. They're in the car. They sit strategically where you can't get them. I'm done. Then you enter in the boyfriend and girlfriend drama. Done. Some of you, maybe it's the holiday season is going to come up. You're going to make this amazing meal and you're going to you're going to prepare all these great things for your kids and loved ones. And and you're going to do it because you love to serve your family and you're going to do it amazingly. And and they're going to come in and they're going to eat all that food and they're going to scarf it all down. And then they'll get up from the table and they're going to leave it. And it's going to look like chaos just took place inside the room and not a thank you, not a you're the best mom. Or way to go, Dad. Way to way to turn the TV up loud while we're trying to talk, Dad. Nice job. No appreciation. Maybe some of you, though, you're done because you've been emotionally drained for so long. You've been emotionally beaten for so long. Some of you here today, you're in the middle of a, of a place where you're done to the point that you don't know if you can make it another day because the trials... The trauma, the hurt, the pain, the psychological suffering you're going through is so great. It has driven you into a deep, dark depression in your life. And you're in the middle of the darkest season of your life that you've ever been before. And you don't see any light coming. You don't see any hope. And you just want to give it all up. Elijah, here was this man who... Who did amazing things. He raised a girl from dead back to life. 
Here was Elijah who stood before 825 prophets of Baal and proclaimed. He's the one voice, one voice that stood up to 825 prophets and he spoke God's word and he stood true. And here he is. He called down fire to consume the altar. And here was this great man. And yet he wants to die because of one problem or challenge in his life. Had enough. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. Enough is enough. When will it end? Christian psychologists did some study on Christians and kind of how we treat things and how we behave and, and what we do. And they said today in the Christian world, there's this phenomenon that's taking place that that if you go up and you ask people, you know, how's life going or how you doing or, or what's going on or whatever, they, they have a response. And maybe you've heard it before. Maybe you've said it before. It's this. I'm tired. Ask people, how you doing? I'm tired. What's going on? I'm tired. Well, that's not really the response. I would, what's going on is not I'm tired. It's not even the right answer. But it's not tired. I'm tired. T-I-U-R-D. Tired. And here's the thing that they were saying. They were saying the reason is, is because we have tried for so long to meet our replenishing and our refreshing in our spirits through physical replenishment. But this, this study said what we need is not a physical replenishment. We are spiritually depleted. That means we are spiritually at the end of all that we are. We have exhausted everything we can physically, and we have forgotten that God is about the spiritual nourishment of our life. Psalm 23, what does it say? It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord restores my soul. A nap restores your body. But the Lord restores our souls. You're not just physically exhausted, but we're spiritually depleted. And this is what happens. So the scenario goes on in this story with Elijah. Elijah's tired. Elijah's weary. Elijah's spiritually depleted. And he's exhausted. And so what does God do? Here's what God does. Let's, we're going to read the, just a couple passages here. He's in, in, in uh, chapter 19, verse 5 through 9, it says this. It says, at once, God sends an angel down to Elijah. And he, he basically touches him, wakes him up. He says, hey, get up and eat. He looks around. Elijah looks around. He says, there by his head was some bread. He baked over hot coals and jars of water. And he ate and drank. And what did he do? He laid down again. Goes on a little further in the next verse. It says, then the angel came back to him, what? A second time. Woke him up and touched him and said, hey, get up and eat. For the journey is too much for you. Mm. That's what God is saying to some of you today. You need spiritual nourishment because the journey in the wilderness is too much for you to do. on your. You've done it on your own long enough. You've been walking on this thing. You've been trying to figure it out long enough. You've been trying to get the answers long enough. God's saying, no, no, no. It's too much for you. It's too much for you. 
And what does it say? It says, so he got up and he ate and he drank, strengthened by that food. He traveled what? 40 days and 40 nights. And he, he, meets, he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And then it says this. So he goes into a cave. He spent the night there and the word of the Lord came to him. He said, and this is what the word of the Lord said to him. And I love this. He simply says, what are you doing here, Elijah? He's walking 40 days, 40 nights, finds himself in the cave, stays there one night. And the word of the Lord, the voice of the Lord comes and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? I almost alluded to that. God is basically saying, Elijah, why are you on this journey and why are you at where you're at? I have everything you need, but you've chosen to be here. So let's figure out what is going to happen now that you're here. So what does Elijah say? I love Elijah's response. Such a typical human response. This is what God, this is what Elijah, Elijah goes to the pity party mode. Here he goes. Watch it. Here's going to happen. He says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put all your prophets to death with the sword. He says, I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Why am I here, God? Summarize. Why am I here? I'm here because you brought me here. You made me come here. I'm here because you, because of you, because they're killing their prophets out there and I'm the only one left and they're out to kill me too. He's complaining to God. He's arguing with God. He's like, you're the reason why. Hmm. Some of you are here today and you are pointing your finger at God and saying, it's your fault. You caused this pain. You could have stopped it. You could have put an end to it, but you didn't, did you, God? No, no, no. You let me go through this pain, and here I sit here in anguish. I'm about ready to take my own life because I don't even care to live anymore because of you. You're the reason why I'm in this spiritual wilderness. Elijah's hurting. Elijah feels like nobody understands. He feels like nobody cares. He's desperate. But hear these words, if this is you today, hear these words. God meets you at the deepest need of your life. God ministers to you at the place where you're most vulnerable. And God brings you healing in the middle of your wilderness. So God says, it's my fault. He didn't say, this is me. I'm putting this in. So it's my fault. Elijah, it's my fault you're here. I didn't make you run from Jezebel. I protect you for three years from King Ahab. I would protect you even more from Jezebel. I didn't make you run. You stopped trusting me. You stopped believing in me. And you ran into the middle of this wilderness. You chose to come here. But what I love about God is even though we choose to go on these journeys, even though we make seasons of our life happen, like we make decisions that put us in the season of pain, season of suffering, we make the decisions and we find ourselves there, God still has compassion on us. Here's what he did. He said this. God, God, Jesus, I feel like God was just like, okay, so it's my fault. Okay, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to answer you. So he says this. He said, Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord... For the Lord is about to pass by you. So, so go out, 
I'm going to show myself to you. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to help you out here. So he goes out. So Elijah goes out. He says, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. He says, but the Lord was not in the wind. Lord wasn't found in the wind. It says after the wind, there was an earthquake that came and the Lord shook the earth and the earthquake happened. But guess what? The Lord was not in the earthquake. Then a short time later after that said, then came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, what does it say? And after the fire came a gentle, say it with me, whisper. So, so God says, I'm going to pass by. Elijah's looking for this amazing thing to take place. The wind blows and knocks down the mountain, yet God was not in the wind. The earth shakes violently, and yet God was not in the earthquake. The fire comes down, but God was not in the fire. God was in the whisper. Why is it so many times that life is so difficult and God seems Why is it when we feel like we need God the most, he seems to be absent from what we need him the most? Why does it seem that whenever we struggle in life, when we go through the greatest loss in our life, it seems like God is so far from where we need him right now? Why did God choose, instead of the earthquake, instead of the wind, instead of the fire, why did he choose the whisper? Why did God choose to whisper to Elijah? Why did he choose to speak so quietly and gently? Why? Here's some truth today. souls are so stirred. Your spirits are so in anguish. You're so far from where God wants you because you've made decisions to be in the place you are and to live where you're at and to to ride out the, the thinking that you know best. But God wants to say to you, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And then whenever you say, I'm here because of you, you say, he'll say, listen, you're not here because of me, but because you're here, I'm going to say something to you. And he'll say the words that you've been longing for. I, I have found and I've heard speakers speak. And I find it to be true. 
Sometimes the wilderness, the place that you hate the most, sometimes will come, become the place you love the most because it's where God meets you in the whisper. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Therefore, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why will I not fear for your rod and your staff? They comfort me. They lead me beside quiet, still waters. He anoints my oil, my head with oil. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. David said, where can I go? Where can I go to, to escape the presence of God? Where can I flee from your presence? Can I make my bed in the heights of the heavens? Sure I can. But if I do, there you are. If I make my bed in the depths of the earth, you're there also, God. You're everywhere. If I rise in the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, guess what? Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold fast to me. Oh, we may enjoy him on the mountaintops. We get to know him intimately in the valley. But in the wilderness, our greatest need becomes the greatest gift he ever will give to us. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son who we call Emmanuel, which is God with us. God with us in the wilderness. God with us in the whisper. In the whisper, we lean in to hear the voice of God. Bow your heads to me this morning. Father, for the hurting, for the suffering, for those here today who are in the middle of a wilderness journey. God, I know. I know that there are those here today who don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. God, I believe there are those here today who have prayed, who have cried out who have asked you, who have sought you, who have begged you, who have literally, God, found their place of pain to be so great that they have even spoken, I don't want to even go on another day. God, for those discouraged today, for those today who desperate for something more. God, how I pray, let them hear the whisper of your voice. And may that whisper say what they need to hear. May that whisper bring healing. May that whisper bring comfort not to leave the wilderness, but to find peace in the middle of the wilderness. May their greatest need become their greatest gift as they depend on you. There's some of you here today, I just, some of you here today, you're in the wilderness, you're in a dark, dark place, you're in a desperate place. Hear these words. God is with you. 
God is with you. He is in the whisper. He is in the whisper. You're begging him for something big. You're begging him for instant, like, take it away and make it all good. And, but God's saying, no, no, no. I want to walk with you through the wilderness. I want to be there. Depend on me. Don't run in fear. Don't run in fear. Depend on me. I've got you. That's you here this morning. That's you here this morning. You are in a wilderness and you need God to come and whisper to you, to speak encouragement to you. Listen to these words. Because this song is where you're at today. right now. I just want to open up a time. I feel like there's some of you here today that are really struggling, kind of going through some some hard times. I don't know if it's, I know there's marriages under attack. I know that there's people that uh, you're struggling in your job, struggling with, with relationships, struggling with your past, struggling with whatever it is. I, I want to do this today. I just want to open up a time where if you, if you are comfortable doing as we sing this song, I'm going to have everybody stand. If you would, please stand up for me. And I just want you, if you want to come down, and I want you just to stand down front, and I want to just, I'm going to come through, and I just want to pray for you, and just believe God on your behalf. You're in a wilderness, you're in a hard place. I want to believe God that He's going to speak in a whisper to you, that He's going to encourage you today. Whatever it is you're facing, maybe it's a sickness, maybe it's an ailment that you've been facing for a long time, maybe it's a loved one, whatever it is, whatever the place is you're at right now, whatever season you're at, I'm going to ask you by faith to come out. And I want to pray for you today and believe for God to touch you on your part, okay? So as we see this again, I love this. Come and rest here. Come and lay your burdens down. This is the place. This is the season. God is here. He is in the whisper. He is meeting you where you're at. So as we sing this again, step out from where you're at and come down.
bowed and every eye closed today. Maybe you didn't come down, but some of you today that are just really struggling. Christmas season doesn't do any better for you. Maybe it's a loss of a loved one or maybe it's a, an ex or a divorce situation in your past. Maybe it's just financially, it's just a burden, all the things that you see and just trying to keep up or maybe it's just a history. Just want you to hear these words today. God says, God says to you today, He is the source and He is the dependency that you need in the wilderness you're facing. He is not in the chaos. He's not in the the loudness. He's not in the earthquake and the fire. He's in the whisper. And all He wants you to do today is to quiet yourself, slow yourself down and just breathe and just say, okay, I'm here. Now, speak to me. Some of you, he will say, ha, there you are. I've been waiting for you. Others, he will say, hey, did you know my love for you is so great? So others of you, he will say, he will say, hey, why are you why are you trying so hard? Stop trying. Just breathe. Trust me. I've got you. If you didn't come forward today, I want to pray for you. You didn't come forward, but you know you're at that place. Can I just pray for you, Father, for those souls that are hurting for those lives that are in the wilderness, for the people on this season of journey, that God, they're so hurting, they're so longing for something more. God, how I pray, I ask you, God, may they slow down, may they breathe, and may they listen, may they lean in, lean in with an ear to hear from you, and hear the words that say, I love you, you're mine, each and every person here, for those hurting, for those brokenhearted, for those who need your touch, God, meet them. Also, God, for those that maybe today they're at a place of, 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 of peace and a place of, of, of tranquility with you. Thank you, God, for them. God, may everything in every season of our life, whether we're on the mountaintop, we're going through the valley, or we're in the middle of the wilderness, God, whatever it is, may we find you, may we know you, and may we trust you to take us through the journey of life. We love you, God, and we thank you for your presence being here. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You have been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa, with Pastor Kevin Hartcastle. We thank you for tuning in and would like to encourage you to worship with us if you're in our area. Our Sunday morning service is at 10 a.m., and we have other activities throughout the week for the entire family. For more information, go to crossviewfellowship.com. Thanks again for listening to a ministry of Crossview Church.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.